BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of the Redheads Book Club March Edition 2023. We just hit our three-year anniversary of the Redheads Book Club and 70,000 followers on Instagram. Hey, girls, how we doing? Wow. What an entrance. Right? It's what a, a time. Big month for the Redheads. This is our 40th book. We're going into our fourth year and 70K followers on Instagram, which is insane for like a little book community. The little book club that could. The little book club that could. It's been so organic, obviously. I would never sully the Redheads name by like buying followers. But it's also been like really steady over time. It's not like, you know, we had this big viral moment where everyone was talking about the Redheads because of an explosive episode. That's so not us. We're just the consistent queens that you love. And we are so glad that you're all here. And we are so glad for today's episode because we are discussing this month's book, which was The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. And I don't want to overhype anything, but I feel like this book is like, I feel like this episode could be three hours. Like there is so much Mm -hmm. to talk about with this book. I've never gotten more questions in the Redheads email about a book in the history of the Redheads. Quantity of emails and also in each email there was five to 10 questions per person, like no joke. So I tried to combine them all and a lot of them were obviously similar would you open it? We'll get into it. Before we do, I got to check in with my girlies. Let's start with Becky since this month was the Becky's choice. And because I weirdly hey. on a personal level haven't caught up with Becky in a few. Jax, I spend every morning and go to bed every evening being like, I miss my girl. I don't know <laughs> what it is. I've just like every time I'm about to FaceTime you, I'm like, this is a horrible time. And I know it's a horrible time for both of us. So like I'll find another moment miss you more than anything I don't know what's going on I know we just have to find our time it's so hard because like so many times I'm like you know I put Harry down I'm like okay I'm ready to talk to you know have a long convo but then it's like oh unfortunately like fortunately and unfortunately I'll never get off the phone and I have to go to sleep you know fortunately and unfortunately there's just not enough energy in this lifetime and I would like to be alone like nine times out of ten so we're gonna find our stride we'll find our moment in the meantime not a ton has been going on. I'm in the throes of wedding planning and I could not recommend it less. It is just a toxic situation. Just kidding. Like it's just a full-time job on top of an already full-time job and on top of being like immersed in the redheads. So, which is obviously my number one priority. But we so only ask really something out of me. you really like one week out of the month. 
you know, we're know. very non-demanding uh, over here. hundred percent. But like I would demand all my time to the redheads. Planning a wedding is so exhausting and it's so, it's, there's so many decisions to be made and I just don't really care all that much. So I'm like, why do I have to decide, you know? Yeah. I literally, that so, was me too. Yeah. No, I think we're pretty similar about like when it comes to this situation, but it's all it's all like for the greater good of marrying Evan, who I'm obsessed with. So like it's it's a good thing. Yeah, good problems to have, but still like just annoying. I mean, any bride or former bride could tell you we've all been there. Yeah, it's just like we're not jealous. The, the wedding industry is a farce. Like who's gonna like blow it up? You know? Yeah. So sure, we need some disruption. Um, that's where I'm Yeah, I'm, I'm having a really hard time planning my wedding, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even get my invite yet. I know. We're so behind on invites. Like, we're really working <laughs> on it. Snitch, let's have a Benet wedding. Oh, my God. Totally. Okay. I have, like, I have some time to find someone to show up at the altar. Love that. Snitch, how are you? I'm good. I'm just chilling, you know, same old so snitch, snitch, SOS. Same old snitch. snitch. That's so snitch to be the same old. Same old. Same young snitch. S-Y-S. Totally. And you're feeling a little sick. Same sick snitch. I'm feeling sickly. I have a cold. Um, It's fine. It's just quite annoying, you know? Like the my nose area is in a mm-hmm. lot of pain. I'm so sorry so that you're going it's through It's going that around New York. Is it? Well, I it's got crazy. it like three weeks ago, so I thought I was fine. But now she's back. Oh, that's the worst. I'm actually annoyed to hear that because I was sick last week and I think I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'll never get sick again. No. I don't know. I'm here to show you. I'm your role model. It's possible. (laughs) Dana, how are you? I'm great. Nothing that noteworthy to report. Um, I'm so excited for March Madness. It's coming up soon. What? It's my favorite time of year. You all better join my bracket this time around. Colgate has a chance of making it. They're playing Thursday for like the quarterfinals. And we're just going to send out good juju for them to make the tournament again this year. And that's kind of like what I'm looking forward to right now. They're playing Thursday, which is the day this episode drops. So where can we watch? Coincidence? I think not. No, I think not. Wow, that was just like the last thing I thought you were going to say. (laughs) she's unpredictable that Dana also speaking of March Madness that's usually when we do Redheads Madness where we do a bracket of every single book we've read and we come to number one I'm down didn't we just do it I think we just did it two years ago I didn't do it last year Jackie you did a poll recently we did something about end of the year books it was end of year which we we always do we have a lot of ways in which we measure success at the Redheads and the measure The The measure measure of the redheads lies within. No, we do end of year, reader's choice, editor's choice. We do all books of all time. Like we get really in depth with our ranking system because we love numbers and letters at the redheads. (laughs) How are you, Jax? Oh, thanks, Dana. I'm good. Thank you. I'm really excited to be doing the redheads. And I really want to get into everything because we have so much to talk about. Yeah. And I podcast all day, every day. This is my third episode recording of the day. Like... No flex or anything. Podcast, podcast, Um, podcast. So like everyone knows everything about me. You know, there's somewhere you could find it. That's fair. Um, This will be dedicated to the book. Yeah, this will be dedicated to the book, which was a Becky's choice. So I'm going to do a quick summary of the book and then we'll get into our top line thoughts and then all 
of the philosophical questions that it poses. So this month's book was The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich, and it is sort of a dystopian novel. It's set in present day. The world looks just as our world does, except one March morning, everyone wakes up, and outside of their door, their place of residence, wherever they slept their head that night, outside the door is a box, a wooden box with their name on it for everyone on earth over the age of 22. You open up a box, and there's a string inside. The string is of any length, and at first, no one knows what these boxes are, what the strings are, what do they mean. The boxes say on them, the measure of your life lies within. A lot of people start to speculate that this is somehow uh, predicting how long your life will be. There are a lot of different theories that go around. After a few weeks of living with the boxes and taking records of like what they mean and who's living and who's dying, government starts to conclude that it is the measure of your life. So if you open this box, you know how long you will live. The more time that goes by, the more accurate uh, of an assessment they can make about how long your string actually is, you know, down to the year, down to the month. So we follow a bunch of different people on their journey, mostly short stringers or people who are in love with short stringers or married to short stringers. Um, And it's all about how the world copes with this new normal. Now everyone knowing, or if they want to know, they can know exactly how long they will live and all of the different ways it plays out in society, which at first I didn't know what I expected to happen in the book. And nothing even like happened other than just like things played out. There wasn't like a big moment where it was like, you know, God comes down and says, these are your boxes. It's like, we still don't know where the boxes came from. People have theories about that. Was it, you know, some sort of government NSA situation? Is it the Lord Almighty, aliens? That is up for discussion and we will talk about it. But it's about all the different ways that the boxes affect people's individual lives and society as a whole how different countries handle it what level of governmental intervention there is how people treat people who have a different length string than they do and we're reading most of it from the perspective of short stringers who become really maligned in society for a period and treated as other because people don't trust them one it's like why would I hire you for this job if you're gonna die soon uh to you know, if you're going to die soon, you might do something crazy because you're so mad that you found out you're going to die soon. Like all of these different um, assumptions and conclusions are drawn about people with short strings and that leaves them to be very discriminated against. And so we see how all of our different protagonists handle it. We have Mora and Nina who are a couple who are very much in love. One of them has a long string. One of them has a short string. How do they cope with that? We have Ben, an architect with a short string a lot of the short stringers that we follow end up joining a support group together where their stories really interweave with one another. What I loved about the book is that it felt like this was about eight strangers who all cross each other's paths over the course of the book. So it wasn't super random. Very Leanne Moriarty, honestly. So that's the book. Let's get into our thoughts. Becky, you shall go first. Did you like it as it was a Becky's choice? This certainly was a Becky's choice. And... I always appreciate a book that inspires thoughtful discussion. And the measure brought to light a lot of questions about the length and the meaning of one's life and the decision-making path that correlates. So that was really interesting. Ultimately, this book was a no for me, dog. No fucking uh, no, way. 
Okay, I honestly Wait. was about to say, like, I want to go last because I really wanted to hear everyone's thoughts okay. and not, like, sully the good name of this book. So I just want to give a little backstory because this was Becky's choice, but I suggested it to Bex because I had heard really good things. I've literally heard specifically that it's a great book for book clubs, which I didn't even know what that meant. But after reading it, like, yeah, there's so many questions. Like I couldn't find enough book club question guides out there. Like I couldn't whittle it down. So as much as it's a Becky's choice, like I feel like you don't identify with it as a Becky's choice. I almost like want to, maybe I should claim this one and give you my next one. I couldn't agree more, Jackie. This was not a Becky's choice. Like, <laughs> yes, it was. I selected it. But, like, I don't know her. I don't know this book. And wow. I oh, – let me explain. I And I think it is a phenomenal book for a book club. Like, I'm so glad we are delving into the details. But, honestly, after the unveiling of the boxes and the strings, it felt like nothing else happened. It was a book about, like, coming to terms with the strings' meaning – I thought it got very verbose. I thought so many of the characters were on their soapboxes pontificating, and I found myself just not caring. And I'm not sure if I'm dead inside, but that is truly, like, I was just, like, reading swaths of paragraphs, like, and I was like, what? I I'm I'm good. Like, I understand, like, this happened, and, like, we're just dealing with the ramifications, and now we have a whole book about talking about it. Okay, here we go. Wow. So that's where I'm at. Okay, we're going to move on, but I think Damn. we should circle back to the idea of swapping it because Dana and Snitch were both like to me, are you so mad you gave Becky this book? Because, like, they think it's going to go down as one of the best books of all time for the Redheads, and I don't even get to and claim it, might. it. It honestly might go down. People are obsessed with this book. And I'm telling you, like, there is something <laughs> dead inside of me. I don't know who she is, but I can't shake it. I did not enjoy it one bit. Wow. Okay, let's, we'll come back to this. Dana, what did you think? I really liked this book. Re I don't entirely disagree with some of your points, but I'll just give my whole overview. I love the themes of just like free will versus fate, knowledge versus innocence. Like if you change this, how would that change that? I felt like it was a very me kind of book, similar to Midnight Library-esque in that same vein of like, vein of like what if. I didn't love the writing. I thought it was a little juvenile. It wasn't the literary fiction that I usually aspire to read, but the concept was so compelling that it was easy to overlook the writing that I didn't necessarily love. And Rit, I agree that it dragged a little. Like after, I thought she did a phenomenal job in the beginning. Like she really explored all poss possible avenues of like how to think about and approach every sort of scenario that one could encounter with short strings versus long strings. And then after that, I did kind of feel like we were just going in a circle about like people pontificating, great word. But overall, like it was so thought provoking and every new thing that they brought up I saw my mind like going in another place of how I would think about it and this way and like while the book I kind of felt pushed us towards an agenda of like short stringers on the right side of history and all of that I didn't entirely think it was black and white like at times I found myself agreeing with Anthony and those sort of like issues that it provoked I was just very happy to read and have a book that like just made me think which doesn't happen often. Great. Thank you, Dana. Snitch, what did you think? I, okay, first, like, can I get a dictionary check on pontificating? <laughs> going on. Having the stage. Going on and going on. Going on and on. Going on and on. Okay. Um, I loved this book. It was giving me Midnight Library vibes, like, the type of book that, like, truly, like, makes you think. Um, I do agree in terms of, like, there was just some points where, like, I was reading some chapters and I was like, Jesus, like, I don't really care like 
this we've got to get the ball rolling here but ultimately I thought it was so interesting and like it was literally parallel to like the world that we literally live in like is no one going to talk about that like the measure is the pandemic and then like the short stringers and long stringers is like vax and anti-vax like that's literally what this book is about Oh, we'll get to Okay. This. Yeah. It's just like no one's mentioned that this is like real IRL. It's in the questions. It felt very germane to the last few years. And I wonder if that's a complete coincidence from the author or she saw some themes emerging in the last few years that then she wrote a book about to for us to see it in this There's- way. But I also think it wasn't just about like, of course, you know, having just been through the pandemic and like all the vaccine mania it felt so similar but I think also she was just drawing from history in general where like these themes happen over and over again yeah but also like the boxes came in March sitch like, oh I didn't even think of that like connect guys also you can't say that like I don't know that if the pandemic didn't happen in 2020 that we would have this book like maybe Agreed. she yeah it was released in spring 2022 which means that she spent 2020 and 2021 writing it so like all signs point to she's trying to say something bigger about the pandemic I didn't see I didn't look for like an interview with the author but I was looking for reviews and stuff and I didn't like see that many people saying this which is that like it felt like a critique on our society and the way that we handled the last few years that's crazy I didn't know that it was like vax versus not vax it like I didn't realize that that was the correlation I knew that like there was a correlation with the pandemic but I didn't see it so clearly as vax not vax oh I saw it to me it was a book about yeah yeah like clear as day mandates and the fear that people had like based on you know the unknown um but the fear that people had the vaccine is a choice whereas like the the box arrived at no. your doorstep whether you wanted it to no, or not. No, for sure. But, like, the box, see, you have to see the box is like, the pandemic, like, COVID-19. And then you have to see, like, the whole, like, short stringers, like, long stringers, like, the mandates, like, the army. Like, you, you had to, like, say whether or not you were short string or long string. That's, like, when you would go to work and you had to be vaccinated or you had to, like, say whether or not you were. Like, that's where the correlation is. And even yeah, in the I choice, if you really want to, like, line up the choices opening the box like so many people in the army in the book hadn't opened the box yet but they forced them to make that choice Mm -hmm. I see that I just felt like there was so much less decision making ability when it came to the strings that whereas like the vaccine I feel like you do have the ability to decide whether or not like you are going to get it so but that's interesting but you don't have the ability to decide if you're going to get it if it means like losing your job right what and yeah that's not really the case anymore, but for a time period, and there like was. And, like, flying. Yeah, for a time period, like, you couldn't fly without mm-hmm. it. There were restrictions that were You can go to a restaurant. I've seen it early. Yeah. But I agree. When I was reading yeah, like You can go to a restaurant as a long stringer or a short stringer. Yes. For now. Yeah. Like, you can, like, still, like, live your life as a short or a long. Like, it was just. Well, because like, what. Because it never got that far. You know? Like, it started with, like, they were starting to do those mandates. And, like, with like work or like the military or whatever and then when that strung together thing whatever it's called organization started it kind of started to lessen like when people started it started to, to turn the tide but I do think it got worse before it got better but we didn't yeah. see it get worse we only just knew that like Rollins was elected but he was elected after the strung together movement I know so there must have been like four years where he enacted those policies and then we jumped to the future where people sort of like 
regain their composure yeah and learn to live with the strings i wish we heard about rollins like that time period like a bit more i know it was like 75 percent of the book was like about getting to this point and then it's like oh several years later and i'm like well what happened yeah that is true that was kind of yeah. jump but it but seemed I will like say uh, dana go ahead yeah, like i didn't read i just didn't read it thinking about the pandemic and then once it was brought to my attention i was like oh duh Oh. But it, but I didn't really come to it on my own so quickly. Oh, that's so interesting. I don't know at what point during the book I came to it, but then I was like, it was apples to apples. Some of it, a lot of it. Some things weren't, and it also became like a book about just free will, choice, um, the role yeah. of God. Like there was just a lot more, but that so it felt like themes. the pandemic and the pandemic response was an inspiration for her writing this. Yeah, agreed. Um, so my thoughts on the book were that I thought it was great from the, I love that it sucked you in, in the first minute. Like that was like, I was not looking forward to reading this book because I just come off of reading a really bad book, thanks to Dana. And so I was just like, not in a reading mood. And I was just so grateful for a book that like within the first 5%, like I care. Yeah. I really didn't know how it was going to play out. Um, you know, was it from aliens? Was it from God? Like, would there be something, um, that happened because this is pretty you know paranormal but no it just became like the new normal something that you live with how are we going to live with this so then once I realized it was a story about people and human behavior like I enjoyed that for what it was I I definitely liked some story arcs and characters more than others but I couldn't tell you who I actually liked the best I feel like there were moments in each story that I liked the best but like as people I wasn't like, I got to get back to Jack's chapters. I also have something to say, and that's mm. honestly, Mora really got on my nerves because Nina was like the best type of partner that you could have asked for in this, like with this coming out. Like we saw it with like Ben and Claire, like Claire dropped him right away, like hot potato. Like Nina literally like was like, I love you. Like I will be here till the rest of your time. Like I'm whatever. And it's like, and I just felt like Maura didn't appreciate that. Like she kept like needing more and like wanting more. And I was like, well, what about like Nina? You know? Yeah. I, I didn't feel that way. But when you say it like that, I agree. And I also feel like oftentimes death is the hardest on the people that it leaves behind. So even though Maura knows that her life is going to be cut short, and I think that's what makes it death harder. You know, if she had just passed away, she didn't know she was going to die. Then she wouldn't have spent her whole life like fearing the death. But like it would have been the hardest for Nina at that I point. I mean, by the way. To, like, it was the hardest for Nina. She lost Mora. She I lost mean, Amy. She lost Ben. No, Nina got fucked. <laughs> Nina got fucked. <laughs> she had to take care of two kids when she never wanted kids. Yeah. 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 I agree. There were likable and not likable things about each character, but I think, you know, that's life and that's people. So um, I, I agree. That's a good observation. Was unlikable. Yeah. That's fair. I didn't think Ben yeah. was. I thought Ben honestly was a great. Was. Yeah. I liked that. Like I liked him too. He didn't. He didn't do anything that I was like, come on, man. Yeah. I like that observation that you were not itching to get back to any one narrative. And I totally agree. Like they were all equally pleasant for me to read. Yeah. And then like when someone new started, I was like, ugh, Nina. But then when Nina's was over, you know, I was like, take me back. Because yeah. it's ugh, Amy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So, yeah. Okay. Let's get into the DBQs. There were so many wonderful questions about this book. But I have to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. When it comes to style, it's fun to keep things fresh. So why stick to the same old pair of glasses? We've got a lot of glasses wearers in 
the redheads. Mm-hmm. Becky wears glasses. Snitch wears glasses. Dana used to wear glasses. I wear sunglasses. And Pear Eyewear has something for all of us. They have budget-friendly base frames with styles from classic to cat eye that start at just $60, including prescription. With frames designed for men, women, and kids, the whole family can customize their own looks. Ooh, how cute. They have hundreds of magnetic top frame styles to choose from. The top frames start at $25, so you can build a collection that's unique to you and match your outfit. That's so Bex to match your glasses to your outfit. Like Bex has her red pair um, top frames with like a little red purse. I love that for you. You can support your home team. Dana, you can wear for the Colgate basketball team <laughs> or <laughs> you can read what is that called again Jack? The, the, Ra- Raiders? the Raiders yeah but like the listeners don't know the Raiders so I just wanted to put it in layman's <laughs> now I they just do. Started testing you the layman's terms it's so <laughs> random that we're the Raiders um anyways pair eyewear has the coolest frames for everyone so get glasses that stay as fresh and unique as your style with pair because glasses are just as unique you guys and personal as books. Go to pareyewear.com slash redheads for 15% off your first purchase. That's pair, P-A-I-R, eyewear.com slash redheads. Today's episode is also brought to you by Babbel. One of the most exciting things about a new year is that you have no idea what adventures are in store for you. From new travel experiences to new jobs or picking up new skills, there's no better way to prepare for 2023 than by learning a new language with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that's sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where the new year takes you. I feel like Babbel is the perfect sponsor for this month's episode because given the themes of this book, The Measure, it makes you think about how short life is, the things you want to do, the things you always said that you would do, but you haven't done them yet. One of those is definitely traveling. And another one of those that I feel like is always people's goal that they put off and put off is learning a new language. And with Babbel, it is so easy to learn a new language. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. They have speech recognition technology that helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. Babbel has 14 different languages that you can start learning today. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code REDHEADS. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code REDHEADS, as always, R-E-A-D-H-E-A-D-S. Thank you to our lovely sponsors. First question, the question on everybody's lips. Would you have opened your box? No. I'll go first. Yes. Never in a million years. If I didn't wake up that day and walk outside and like be like, oh, what's this? And open it without knowing. And I like, at first, if I saw it after I knew it was worldwide news, I would wait to see like, what are these boxes? You know, could be anthrax. And then once it was confirmed that it was the measure of your life, I would not open it. Okay. But let's talk practically, huh? Because... When, Damn, huh? think about Damn. it think about it all of us when we get packages especially like jackie not and me. i jackie and i know i get so much random pr i don't fucking know what comes no sometimes. i don't open my packages when i first get them that's a fun fact about me i say it all We're the not, time no same same i don't think we should dwell on the accidental no, open i same. think you know what's in it do you open it? okay if you know what's in it do you open it 
Yeah, that's the question. Correct. Do you willingly deal. open it? Well, I don't know because I spoke. Jack is a no. To, Dana's a yes. I spoke to Jackie yesterday, and she said we'd all, as a family, have to do the same thing. Yes, I agree with that. We, I think that we would need to get together with our family and do the same thing. My vote within the family is that none of us open ours, and we just live our lives like you know, tomorrow could be our last day. But you know, we hope for for longer than that, just like we've been doing. But we haven't been doing. Do you guys think that you live your life right now like it's the last day? Because I don't. No, but it's also like not practical to live every day like it's your last. But if you have have a job. But if you knew that your life was going to end in like a year and a half, then like I'd quit my fucking job and I'd go live my life and spend all the money that I have. I don't know. Because you think about someone like Amy, who if she knew that she had a short string, she wouldn't have had two kids. And I think those kids should be here. Yeah. So you might not do things that, ultimately you should do and even though it's gonna be really hard when you're gone like I think the alternative is sadder I also think that if you know that you have a year and a half left while it sounds great to go travel and spend your money I think every single day for that year and a half you'll be so anxious you'll be so upset you're literally having a countdown that I think will riddle you with more anxiety than you know what to do with yeah it won't be enjoyable doesn't yeah, my yes will not yield happiness. I just know myself and I could never have the self-control to not open it knowing that it exists. Like, I would do it in a I would, way that... I would need, like, yeah. so, like I don't wouldn't want to open it, but I'm the same way. Like, if I knew that it was, like, burning a hole yeah, in my apartment, yeah. like, I would freak out. Like, I would need same. Jackie to come and, like, burn it. And, like, so I would never know. You can't. You can't. Oh, yeah, you, you can't. can't. Burn. Or, like, so we would need to, like, all take ours and lock them away and throw away the key. Um, because you can't really destroy them. My one of my issues with the book, and some of it felt like really impractical. Obviously, everybody had the same question. You know, if you take a gun to your head yeah, like, yeah, ten times, yeah. like, are you gonna live? But no, a different issue that I had Wait. is that I felt like everybody was either a long string or a short string, and I just feel like some of the short strings that were described like were not that short. Like Ben, Agreed. when we found out Ben had fourteen more years, yep. like. I was like, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. Yes. Like you can have a full life in that time. And of course, it's not ideal. And like for a man, a father to pass away in his 40s, like is tragic. But like, it's not Javier who had an actually short string. A thousand percent. I didn't even think Mora's was that short. Hers yeah, was like Mora nine was years. was in the same situation. Yeah. Like to spend all those nine years kind of just like being sad about the fact that you're a short stringer and some like some people if you make it to your 40s like I don't know that you're a short stringer I agree I had the same thought and like pondering it it would just so depend on the length and that would dictate how I would also like yeah like if you are 70 years old when the boxes come and then like I, I mean obviously you're a short stringer like you know the circle of life you're a long stringer no you're a long stringer you've already made it's not how much time you have left it's how much time you're oh 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 okay never mind yeah i understand uh so no i would not open it i personally wouldn't feel tempted but the only you wouldn't feel really interest no no not this is the only thing that i found interesting though and it, it goes to like where the origins of the strings came from and for me those strings could only have come from god only god has this information only god could deliver them all in the middle of the night not caught on security cameras in a yes. fog it's like magic like uh, aliens don't know our names and where we live but like god knows all so to me that's how the boxes got here right right yeah but what do i'm people sure other people who don't so, believe in god so, think i don't know i'm sure but th- i'm saying my premises so if God decided in 2022, like 
up until now, the rules are life or is that, you know, you don't know when it's going to be over, but like, this is how God intended, like blah, blah, blah. But if it's God's decision that we should know how long our life is going to be while we live it. I, and he's like, you know, the world has been around for thousands, billions, millions of years. I don't know. Uh, now the rules are changing. Like I've kind of got it, got to get into God's game. That's the only thing that would mm. hang me up. It's like God wants me to know because I believe he put this box here. Or, or is God testing, is testing you, you to see? Is he testing me? Or is this a modern day Garden of Eden? Are you going to eat no, the apple? No, is it a test? So or true. maybe he's like, I want to give you the option. That's it. No, that's so not God. Like I know he's so stern. Like <laughs> no, but a test. It could be a test. A test. I hope it's a test because I don't want to open it. I don't want to know. I like the way we've been living. You would pass. Who's to say? No, this is like it reminds me of Husband's Secret. Like, would you have read the letter? And I'm like, absolutely not. Ignorance is bliss. Like, I'm going to keep doing my thing uninterrupted without like the weight of the world on my shoulders, and I'm going to do what I've always done. Yeah. Look at us 40 books in referencing book number one. Wow. It's all full circle. That's how full circle the redheads are. Okay. So we have two would open, two would not. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love that. No, 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 no. No. I never said I would open it. The snitch is opening it the minute she gets it. I can't give you an answer. I don't know. I I don't know. I cannot give you an answer. I don't know. Okay. Think on it. I've been thinking on it since I read the book, bitch. Wow. So you still have, so if this really happened, like you still wouldn't have opened it, but you might open it in the future because you're still thinking about it. Oh, no. I feel like I would have, like after a year, like whatever choice I've made, that's my choice, you know? But you can't ever go back. You could always make the choice to open it, but you can't ever Exactly. It. Okay. Next question. Is there perhaps a particular age or moment in your life when you would be most inclined to view your string? I mean, I think if you were mm-hmm. diagnosed with something, you would want to know if you survive it. That's true. That's a good point. Like, I have this um, fallacy where I have no survival instinct. Like, I'll, I just never think I'm in danger. So there's no, like, pinpointed moment in my life. But I guess, like, objectively, maybe when I went skydiving, that would have been, like, a good time to open it. Like, something yeah, but like it's that. like, okay, you, you'll know, you know, if the next five minutes are going to be safe, but then you're burdened with that knowledge your whole life. Yes. Yeah, so right. True. Totally. That's the thing. It. It's like you, like, your, your mind is always going to convince you that, like, this is the thing that I'm going to need to check my string about. And that's, again, a life that I don't want to live. It's just like binary yes or no. Like, I'm not checking the string no matter what. Yeah. I need your conviction. I'm not checking my string no matter what, really, unless, like, the whole family was, like, we're checking ours, and then I just would want to know where I fit into it. But I don't think the whole family would do that. And for me, like, ignorance is bliss, always, period. Period. Same. Period. Okay, next question. When the boxes arrive, many people believe they are a hoax. Would you have believed in the boxes' supernatural powers immediately? Why or why not? Yeah, I'm a believer. Not immediately. Not immediately. I would have no, thought someone was fucking with me. Yeah. I would have need, I would need, I, I, like, once I saw that every single person in every single house across the globe, like, you know, people who are living on the streets, wherever they laid their head, every single, it reached everyone. Like, I think I would believe that it was higher power you it would take got- me a while like I'm a cynic and a realist and a pragmatic like I would eventually I think get to that point but definitely not immediately. I agree I I kind of I, agree I think it would have taken me a little bit because yeah. we've also never truly like actually seen like an act of God in our lifetime yeah so like I think in this being the first one like it would just like take me a minute to like wrap my head around it 
did 70k mean i knew someone was gonna say something fucking stupid (laughs) perfect perfect response that is so funny okay next would you want to open your box with someone else or alone i thought about this i want to be in a house with other people but i want to be in a room by myself interesting i would want to be with i would want to be alone and like but like if i was in a house with other people like i need everyone to be checking theirs as well but just separately yeah and then like they're there if you need them i might want some time by myself to like process this information what it means for me and then share and and talk through it but i like to process alone i'm a i'm a lonely processor me too that's so you jack so me oh Alone, like I would 100%. be like Jackie, like let's open them together. You're like I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna do this. No, on my it's own. like yeah. exercise. Like I'm doing it alone. I can't have a reaction like that in front of literally anybody. Yeah. No. Yeah, and, and I don't want to worry about what my reaction looks like. Is it wrong? Is yes, it right? Exactly, if I have a short exactly. when I'm if I'm long and I'm happy and I'm sitting standing next to short who's like yeah no. Even getting proposed to, I was like this needs to be private. Like I absolutely cannot manage. Josh can't see your reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> It was private, but even yeah, with Josh, no, you're saying? No, I was saying, like, private, not, like, in public, because I would be so focused on, like, what my totally. reaction is and managing it. Like, I definitely can't open this box with anybody. Okay, knowing the length of their string causes many characters to rethink their careers, their dreams, even their views on marriage and children. Some people quit their jobs and shutter their businesses. Others travel to distant lands. How would knowing about your string or not knowing it affect the way you lived your life? I think knowing your string would affect your way, the way you live your life, but not knowing your string technically shouldn't. No, I think not knowing. I think knowing would actually only affect it negatively because if it's short, you're like trying to live life to the fullest, but you're miserable. And if it's long, you're like, I'm invincible. I don't care. I'll do it tomorrow. I feel like not knowing, it's great because you don't have to like worry about all those things, but you have the constant reminder that life is short and that it could be really short in that box. I feel like if this happened in the world, which by the way, I'm so grateful every time I close the book that I went back to this world where this is not a thing because it was stressing yes. me the fuck out. Um, yeah. I feel like just knowing that there's a box would be a constant reminder to live life to the fullest and that's enough for me. Like Amy, I, I think, had more. the best experience because she didn't open it. Yeah, except if she had opened it, she wouldn't have even broken up with Ben because she'd be like... Let's do it. Except they might not have had kids, so it's best that she didn't. Agreed. That settles that. The author comes up with many unexpected ways the box could influence a society. A rise in experimentation with heavy drugs, the creation of new dating apps, books of ancient mythology becoming bestsellers again. Can you think of other ripple effects the boxes might have on society? What subtle changes might your box have on your life? This was actually my problem with the book. I'm so singularly focused on how the butterfly effect chaos theory is the right one that I couldn't wrap my head around like the concept of one small change uh, yields great impacts elsewhere in the world. It seemed to be a deterministic mentality where no matter what you did, you were going to die at this point. And to your gun analogy, like, what do you mean that you can't shoot yourself in the head with a loaded gun and die after doing it 10 times? Like, it just resonated with me as a bit of a plot hole in terms of, like, I don't think that's actually how cause and effect works. I agree with that. And also, it was like there were some people who knew they were dying imminently, so instead of waiting for some tragic accident, they euthanized themselves. And it's like, well, then you made it a self-fulfilling prophecy 
that you were going to yes, die on this day. Self-fulfilling prophecy was the problem in this book for me. So I don't know what I would do if I knew I had a short string and it was like any day now. You don't want to wait. You really don't want to wait around. And either way, you know it's any day now. So I understand how they eventually reach that conclusion. But for me, I'm like, well, you're just ensuring that that's what happens. Yes. I did appreciate, though, how the author, like, really tried to talk about every possible scenario. Like, she did the drugs. She did the dating app. She, like, she really, like, got into the nitty-gritty of what every single person might react like. Yeah. I feel like, for me, something that I thought about is I feel like if this were real, people would watch less TV. I feel like we spend a lot of time watching TV, like, binge-watching shows. You could spend a whole weekend, like, with your TV on. And I feel like people would do less of that if they – really understood like the concept of life being so finite and short yeah no tiktok anymore (laughs) netflix would lose subscribers i don't know something like that you know it might like reconsider how we spend our time yeah i liked like that the ancient mythology you know and people going to holy places like i feel like that's something that would really happen um i thought that was like an interesting way to look at it people looking for meaning yeah I was rolling my eyes a little bit with the scene. I think she was in Italy and they were like, oh, we realized forever ago that family is important, like dumb Americans. It's like, oh, really? You're not affected by this like (laughs) massive macro change in your life because you already like figured out how to live? Like that was bullshit to me. That's so funny and so true. When I read it, I was like, family is good. Yeah. yeah. It was very. I was like, damn, I got to move to Italy. It was very reductive. (laughs) Yes, I thought so. I also like, I thought it was just, I don't know why, like giant eye roll when they were like trying to figure out where to go. And then like Maura was in bed and she was like, I've got it. Like what's one place that's constantly like defying the odds? Like blah, blah. And they like go to Venice. Like I was just like. Israel. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) I was just like, I can't. That's That's not inspiring to me. It was a really random choice. But the letters to Juliet thing, like they, they kind of she oh, and then back. the part with the touching yeah. the breasts of Juliet, like I was just like, this is just like stop writing at some point, you know? Well, they were like, we have to go to Italy before it floods. It's going to be underwater soon. It's like, is that imminent? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Kind of is. But honestly, <laughs> I like forgot that part of the book. <laughs> no, I loved like the like woke moment of like, oh, like of course, like touching like the boobs of the statue. I was like, must we? No, must. That's where I was like, I just feel like this part just kind of came out of left field. That's so funny. But I also just saw, uh, like, I followed those, like, history accounts. There's this, like, tomb of some guy who's meant to be, like, if you kiss him, you um, will become fertile. And so his lips and his penis are, like, rubbed raw, like Juliet's breasts. Because people are, like, always, you know, they're, like, it sounds weird when you say it, but it's. (laughs) They're trying to. What did the rubbing of the get breasts the magic. get them? Love to find love. I think so. Like, I think it was love. Yeah, it sounds weird, yeah, but I, the funny. history post was cute. I thought um, the sounds world like. of the measure feels very familiar to our own, except for one powerful twist. What is the benefit of setting a novel in a slightly altered version of our world? In what ways did this? Fictional society's reaction to the strings mirror the behavior of our own society. In what ways did it differ? Okay, I actually think that this book was disadvantaged by having such a parallel setting to our current world because it was such an unrealistic concept that could have resonated maybe better, at least with me, if there were other unrealistic meta-magical realism concepts present. Mm. 
So I just had like so many questions about like the practicality of getting these boxes to each home and not seeing the person who delivered them or the spirit who delivered them. And like, if you lost it, could you ever find it again? Like there was just so many details that I thought like, if this were a less realistic world, it might've landed better with me because of the entire time I was just like, I roll. That's an interesting point. Thanks, Jax. I think this question speaks to the to the COVID parallels yeah. we were saying earlier. Of just like, how did that reaction to a major uprising and societal changes impact how we reacted to it? And as we like already stated, I think there's similarities. Yeah, I think there are a lot of similarities in like, well, now that I think about it, even just like, you know, the way that it's spread like across the globe, the pandemic itself, like it's the same with the boxes. Of course, like we'll get to all the different measures that uh, kind of snowball effect of like, you know, at first, and she said this in the book, I thought she said it so good because it was so true about COVID. At first it was something like the fear was something that united us. Yeah. And then it was something that tore us apart. And that's so true. COVID, like early days, we're alone together. Like, yes. And then oh, it's yep. like, eventually it's like, you're not wearing a mask. You have COVID. Like it, there was so much judgment around every single different way that people reacted to COVID and like dealt with it in their own lives while also not a ton of information. So it's like, you don't know more than me. Well, like, why are you so indignant? The Strung Together movement reminded me of, was it Vanessa Hudgens with the song? Not her. Who did the, like, we're all in this together COVID song in the beginning of the pandemic? Oh, the High that, School like, Musical. Got... Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that but... to me was the Strung Together Or do you mean movement. Imagine? I feel like. Imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but imagine, I feel like imagine. all of the like displays of unity, like strung together, felt like a powerful movement, and it did. It, it ignited like so much change. I feel like all of that stuff, but it was more so in the beginning of the pandemic that was like meant to unite. It was like so corny, like the banging of the pots yeah, and pans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and and actually, when we needed unification more than ever, there was none of that. No one ever did a movement to like accept non-vaccinated back into society just like sort of yeah vaccine did its thing and then didn't so it was like okay come back (laughs) yeah we it definitely and like everyone tuned into Cuomo in the beginning like I do feel like when a major cataclyptic event occurs the fear does drive everyone together from the get-go that's usually in society what happens before people start having their own opinions and like feeling more secure in their future and reacting differently. Yeah. What I find so interesting in during like COVID pandemic, but also like in the book is like you get to see how truly selfish everyone is mm-hmm. because like all people think about is like themselves and like how it affects them or it affects their family and like not how it affects like the overarching like world. And like that was like the issue here with like the short stringers. Like people were like so afraid that like short stringers were going to like I don't know, like, commit an act of violence. And so, like, they were like, in order to protect myself, I, like, want to vote for Rollins, who will, like, not let that happen or whatever. Whereas it's like, but what about, like, all the short stringers that are just like you who are shitting their pants because they think they're going to die any day? Yeah. No, and also people could have a long string or short string. Not all long stringers approached having a long string the same. You know, some of them it lived their life and enjoyed it other people did hard drugs other people jumped off of buildings to like see what would happen um same way short stringers not everyone who got a short string then was gonna handle it the same way yeah like Nina was not selfish I I know she had a long string but like 
I think they did a good job of pinpointing different personalities yeah. in it. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Next. After the Memorial Hospital shooting, Nina describes the boxes as the world's most fucked up version of the chicken or the egg conundrum. Do you think Jonathan Clark's box, that's the shooter, can, be, can his box be held responsible for his death? Would you rather see the boxes as a cause or an effect of human choice? So tough. I could go round and round. I, Wait. I think I see it as an effect. I think that life was going to unfold this way because that's how the universe intended. And now we just have all this fodder making us do a thousand mental laps around each and every death ever since the boxes arrived. It really only makes sense to view it through the lens of the, these boxes were always coming no matter what. Because then none of the deaths make That's sense. That's a really no, good point. Then some of the deaths don't make sense. Yeah, like Jonathan yeah, Clark. Yeah. Or Hank. Yeah. Or Hank. The, Doctor. Yeah. Hank. Yeah. Or even Javi. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of them tempted fate because of these boxes. And it just wouldn't add up if they hadn't had the knowledge. Yeah, speaking of Javi, like, I personally found it so dumb that short stringers couldn't serve in the military. Like, to me, that doesn't make tactical sense. If anything, Anything, they should because you know they're going to die. So it's like... Yeah. No, and in any (laughs) war, like, there will be people who are going to die. To think that, like, the miracle of the war will never end otherwise. To think that the miracle of the boxes is that, like, no one has to die in war... I just thought that was, like, tactically fucking dumb. No, like, I literally <laughs> thought... I sort of got it, though. I don't think that the short stringers should have been precluded from being in the war at all, but, like, I could see why they'd be like, we'll put lawn stringers here because they're not going to die. Like, we know our mission will be a 10 out of 10 success in terms of, like, not getting our men killed, which I feel like is, like, how they measure yeah, success. But like, yeah, like, no, but, in like, war, in, the situation, in the situation where Javi died, like, say he was a long stringer, so someone ran back to distract. Instead of him dying, what, he's taken hostage, he's tortured, he lets out state secrets, like, what yeah. is that better? Who knows if he ever comes home, like, so freaking true, Jack, so true. I like I liked how they kept emphasizing, like, just because you can't die doesn't mean you can't be in right. a coma, doesn't mean you can't be brain dead, doesn't mean you can't be paralyzed. Like, arguably, that could be a worse fate than death in some circumstances. For sure. But, like, making... It, a rule about short stringers not being able to be in combat is like insane. To yeah. Me. Yeah. No. And I just don't like. I'm not a war expert or anything, but like, people are going to die in war. Like, I don't. I, I like. I just think tactically, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Okay. Also, you know what did make a little bit of sense hmm. to me, hmm. and this might be controversial: not wanting a president to die after four months. Who said it was going to be four months though? No, that's what I'm putting as, like, the thing. If it's more than four years, who cares? Even if it's three, maybe even two. But, like, if you have the knowledge that a president that you're going to elect into office will die very, very soon thereafter, would you choose not to elect it him? It just depends what very, very soon thereafter means. Like yeah. Also because, because he it, knew. West Johnson. He knew when he like, was going to die. Like, yeah. Month. And he was alive, like, for a while longer. Yeah, if it's almost the full term then I think they should be elected if it like let's just say up two months how do you feel I I think it's also though it's about I feel like when you're voting like for a president it's yes it's about obviously the person but you're also voting for like kind of like their whole like what's the set of ideas set of ideas so it's like you know that their VP is likely also has those similar set of ideas so it's like okay if he dies like then there's this person who's like somewhat if not the same sort of vibe you know 
That's true. Yeah, also correct me if I'm wrong. Now that I'm thinking back, I feel like Rollins was saying that he couldn't serve two terms. Uh, I don't know. I can't uh, remember the specifics. I, because I remember, like, Wes Johnson then started a foundation for short stringers that comes up later, like, in the middle of, you know, the follow the following years, like, at the end of the book. And so I think he's still alive. But I, I feel like in Rollins' speech, he was like, you know, an ideal president. They do a great job four years. They give you another four years. And if they can't, like... If you knew someone, I don't know. I don't know how much longer he had. Yeah. I'm sure they were purposely vague about his actual And I also feel like if he really only had two months, like, I don't think he would spend them on the campaign trail. Agree. But I also agree with Snitch. Like, you are voting for, like, the the policies. Yeah. Like, those were the sort of questions it raised that I really enjoyed thinking about. Like, even the doctor one. Okay, if you're going to go to med school and, like, a day later die do you want to go to med school anymore well, sure. like, that's a question you can, that you can ask yourself do you want to go to med school not can should med school let you in yeah question yeah, yeah. but i but i feel like that no the doctor the medical ones are really interesting because it's like if you are a shorter string than someone like and you're on a transplant list yeah yeah those were interesting and that's where it, like i was thinking about the vaccine because people who didn't get the vaccine were denied transplants so it's like to me it, that felt like very analogous. Yeah, it's like they're measuring. Wait, what the was the time. short string? If you were short string, you like I don't know if there was if they had a transplant thing, but if you had a short string, like in this world that Nikki Ehrlich wrote about, that's like so fucking cutthroat. Why would you get a transplant? Why would you? You know, mm, they're so hard to come it. by. Why wouldn't they give it to someone with a long string? Or say you're like one and two on the list, like, and one has a shorter string than two should two go before one like questions like that I found really interesting yeah that's interesting did you guys also find Javi's reaction to Jack like so extreme like that he didn't stand like when he wouldn't stand up to yeah and like yeah I didn't I didn't think it was fair. fair also like I know like Jack kind of did this for selfish reasons but like what about a thank you to Jack you know like yeah I like I was just like this was all Javi wanted and like Jack gave it to him. So like, I understand that like you're kind of annoyed, but like, I don't know, like to completely cut him off and like it, I just felt like it was such an overreaction. Yeah. I did have a similar take snitch where I was like, all right, give the poor kid a break. Like he has a really intimidating, scary family. Like it's overnight. He's not going to get on stage and blast his president elected uncle in front of the whole world. And I just, so I kind of, I, yeah, I don't know what he expected him to do. And even what he did do, I think that the author made it into like, and that inspired the girl who did the strung together speech. I didn't feel but that like, way. Realistically, he comes off looking like a crazy short stringer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really don't know what Javi like thought that Jack could do. And also like Javi knew Jack better than anyone to know that like he's just like not that guy. Yeah. Also like I feel yeah, like the no. whole their whole story is about how like Jack has no courage and Javi does. So like now all of a sudden you expect him to be a different person. Yeah. Yeah. That was. I liked their I, I liked their of- storyline because I thought it was so interesting the switch. Um, yeah. But. There was some bumps along the way. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, next question. Do you think any members in the public arena, such as doctors, employers, or government officials, should be able to know the length of someone's string? Should short stringers be able to public... Should... should Sorry. Should short stringers be able to publicly identify themselves in order to receive legal protections or government aid? 
do you think political candidates should be able to use their strings during a campaign like Anthony did? I just feel like it should be a private matter. Yeah, you shouldn't have to report like private stuff, period. But I mean, if Anthony wanted to use his long string as a strength in his campaign, like go for it. Agreed. But to like then insist that everyone else share that can't that shouldn't be something that's like mandated. But the idea that short stringers then should get um, legal protections or government aid. Well, like only if you're making them suffer because they're having short strings, you know. Or, like, in the same conditions that currently affect people. Like, if you are, like, not able to work because of an ailment and you need aid, then you should get aid, but not because you have a short string, because you need help. Yeah, but it's like you shouldn't get fired for having a short string and then have to get government aid because you're employed, unemployed because you have a short string. It's like the answer to that question is dependent on how, like, the government is handling the strings. Yeah, but I would say... Overall, like, there shouldn't be any different treatment for anyone based on the length of the strings. Yeah. Even the organ donor example? That one, oh. I keep going back. Even the organ the donor dump. example, yes, because the person you know is going to live long anyway. That, and that's my problem with the book. Yeah, that was the yeah, only tension you know, in the book where I'm like, is this a self-fulfilling prophecy? And they tried to touch upon it a few times. They were like, wait, Hank, he survived because of you. He didn't, like, not because of the string, because of you. I'm like, well, pick one. Is it fate or did Hank save his life? Like, I kept struggling with that. And it's like, for the organ donor, how short is the string? Do we have another 10 years versus the yeah, person who has yeah. 20? Then that means that he should have this lung and the next person has the next lung. I did love how they made you think Ben's was a medical issue and then it was a car crash. Like, the more you try to pinpoint yeah. faint and, like, go around it, it just goes to show you. Yeah. That was the only good part of the book. <laughs> when he died? <laughs> no, the twist. When you expect it to be one thing and it was another and then, like, surprise, Amy's in the car. Too. I had to read it twice because I was like, I thought that was weird that they said it, they called it Ben and Amy's car. I guess, like, they have one car and they just want you to know that it's the one car. And then I read it back again. And with the sentence before, it said everybody in their world was prepared for it, but they weren't prepared for that day when they got the call about Ben and Amy's car. I was like, she's dead. Yes. I was I was waiting for something like that. Like, when is someone going to die in a way that we don't realize they're going to die? I didn't know what I was waiting for, but then that was it. And that, yeah, it felt right, even though it was, it was the only that feels thing. Right. It was the only thing that happened after the unveiling of the boxes. <laughs> Hank died. Ben we and Amy had die. their pen pal relationship and then IRL and will they, won't they. Nina got okay. into a fight with Maura or with uh, Amy. <laughs> oh my God. Dumb. Yeah. Amy was Don't so care. wrong. Oh, this, so is, wrong. this won't come up in the questions, but like Amy's reaction to finding out Ben had a short string after like it was so clear that they were perfect for each other. Oh, and his string is still 14 years left, wench. Like, would you rather have, like, true fucking love for 14 years or be, like, a yeah. loser spinster for the rest of your life? Like, seriously, what's the choice yeah. to be made? A thousand also, percent. Amy, maybe you just bite your tongue because it's not up to you. Yeah, no, but I just felt like the whole time she was kind of the voice of reason, especially because for me she didn't open her box. So I was like, this is the character I can relate to. I would not open my box. I'm with Amy. She was, like, a teacher. She wrote the letter. She's so cute, blah, blah, blah. And then her his poor reaction to Ben's string that is long by the way <laughs> that is mid-length I I couldn't relate and I'm so glad Nina read yeah. her to filth 
And Ben was such a mensch about it. He didn't pressure her. He danced with her at the wedding. He waited patiently for her to come around to it. He should have left her ass. Yeah, he was 100%. so patient. I felt so sorry for him. He didn't deserve And that. she was like, wait, I'm jealous. He's flirting with a girl. It's like, yeah, you are, wench. <laughs> okay, last DBQ. Religion takes on varying degrees of importance in the characters' lives. Javier is Catholic, Niall is Hindu, and other characters aren't observant. How do you think the arrival of strings might impact a person's religious devotion or lack thereof? Another theme. Remember when we used to do themes in the Redheads? It was a very vague segment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that. I'd say a theme of this book, religion, discuss. (laughs) I feel like this is either strengthens or weakens your religion, uh, like corresponding to your string length. Perhaps. I feel like if anything, it strengthens. Yeah. If um, you have a long string. No, but no. even if it's a short one, it's like when you're in like such a dire situation, like situation, like you don't know where what to do, who to turn to. You can't really turn to anyone in the real world because everyone's going through the same shit. There's only one place to turn. Drugs or yeah. religion. I... Agree. I feel like you can make the argument for either side. And I also feel like overarchingly for me, you know, this just shows the presence of God that all these boxes showed up. Yeah. I do agree with you that I felt like it was a godly event and not more science fiction-y explanation. Anyone else? Where did you guys think they came from? I wanted them to tell me. Like, I'm annoyed that we didn't get, like, anything clearer on that. There's just no practical way. And the book, aside from the boxes mysteriously arriving, like, the whole rest of the book was practical. I know. That's 100%. where I have a hard time. That's what yeah, Rebecca said. Hello. I was like, I need some more like sci-fi woo-hoo. Yeah. yeah, like someone like outliving their string or something. I know. I kept waiting for that. Yeah. Me too. I thought at one point like once Javi dies, then it's going to inspire other people to think in their mind that the string doesn't Ooh. dictate your fate. And then they'll go against their fate because then they'll have a different mindset of like how life's supposed to be lived. But I have a problem. Now. Because Javi mm. wouldn't have stayed back. Javi knew by staying back he was going to die. And he only did that because he got a short string. So, like... Yeah, no, and no, that's what we said. No in some what. ways, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. These short stringers made their short string fate come true because they, like, you know, Hank took the bullet for right. that woman. Some of them literally took, like, cyanide pills because they didn't want to die getting hit by a car. But I think that, you know, if Javi had gotten back on the helicopter like maybe he would have fallen out of it or something like an accident would have gotten him <laughs> totally yeah it wasn't all it wasn't like you are definitely gonna die this way it's just you're gonna die at this time oh, that's yeah. so scary yeah okay that was the dbqs great discussion so far everyone before we get into the redheads questions i need to know let you know that today's episode is also brought to you by neutrophil so many of us redheads love Nutrafol. It is a wonderful hair care system. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you are among them, know you're not alone and that there is a solution that you can trust to deliver results. Millions of Americans experience thinning hair. It's more than common. It is normal, but it's not really openly talked about, especially amongst women. Well, Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning hair. Those causes are stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through whole body health. 
In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months of Nutrafol. And we should add someone to this clinical study because Dana has started taking Nutrafol to counter some of these factors that we're talking about that um, can lead to hair thinning. So Dana, what has been your experience with Nutrafol so far? So as a little background, um, for beauty and self-care, my hair is the only thing I care about. I don't wear makeup, I don't care about clothes, but I am obsessed with my hair to the point where I have used the same shampoo and conditioner for the past 25 years because I'm too scared of like messing my hair up. And now that I'm in my late 30s, (laughs) that I'm 31, (laughs) now that I'm approaching a later year in life, 31, I've started to notice some of my luster is gone. My hair isn't as long as it used to be. I don't have that same bounciness. So this supplement has done wonders for me because I'm finally back to that like 15-year-old girl hair where it's bouncy and luxurious and amazing. And I couldn't recommend it more. Love that for you. If you guys want to be like Dana, you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code REDHEAD to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere. And it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, there's free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code REDHEAD, spelled R-E-A-D-H-E-A-D. Thank you, Dana. I'm so glad that you are loving our new sponsor. Okay, let's get into the Redhead questions. First, this was a question that I really appreciated getting. Um, How did this book... How did you feel while reading this book? Anxious, nervous, bored, bored. I felt um, intrigued. Yeah, I felt like I was really transported into a different world. Like when I was in the book, I was like in this world, and then when I was out of it, I was like, I feel like I would, you know, be going about my day, and I'm like, oh. Oh, like the boxes would be hanging over. I'm like, no, it's not real. There's no boxes. (laughs) You know, because it was so similar to our world. Yeah, yeah. So I felt meditative and reflective. Yeah. So maybe like a little anxious too. Like what's next? Mm -hmm. Next, the author chose to focus her story on the lives of individual characters and the impact the boxes had on their lives versus delving into the mystery of the boxes. Where did they come from? Who was sending them? How did they arrive on doorsteps without anyone seeing them delivered? I found myself wishing the plot explored the sci-fi angle or the origin story of the boxes a bit more. Any other redheads feel the same? I I totally get that because I brought this point up earlier, but I don't feel the same necessarily. Like I understand the intention of this book and I understand like the thought provoking nature of many of the themes that we ended up discussing. I was just saying that the book is kind of at a disadvantage for not having more sci-fi-esque angles because it could have made it a bit of a more believable plot and narrative. Yeah, I I feel like I think it would have just been a different book if there were more sci-fi and that wasn't the yeah. author's intention. So I have to respect that. Yeah, she had to do this one thing, be like, you wenches can suspend disbelief for a second and yeah. just pretend like this happened. Agreed. The Origins it. is a different book, an entirely different book. Yeah, it was kind of like um, nothing to see here. It's like the kids go on fire. Deal with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Magical realism. It's a genre. If you don't oh. like it, don't read more. Look at us recalling another Redheads class. The Redheads always self-reference. A. Next, I really enjoyed the conversation between Ben and Amy about the idea of happiness. Do you think everyone deserves to be happy? What does it mean to be happy? Can your happiness change? 
I personally, not to change the subject, like the conversation better between Nina and Amy when Nina was like, yo, first centuries in marriage, we've been vowing to be with each other through sickness and health. Like why now is it the most foreign concept? Like this has been the case. We never knew what the future was. Like, are you all kidding me? No, totally. I think I highlighted that. I don't have my Kindle up here, but I really like that too. And I also feel like it's like, why is everyone acting like death is new? Like that it is... Something like it feels like no I feel like back in the day like hundreds of years ago like and they said this that people used to be like much more comfortable with death they would live with it they had the box in the house and the they wore black and like it was just a more maybe because like we live you know healthier lives and people are living longer that people kind of push off the idea of death but like it has always been part of the deal. Agreed. I thought that resonated the most with me in the book. The line about marriage being in sickness and health. Like, why does it have to be different now? Yeah. Yeah. I know Ben and Amy's letters were sweet. Um, but like, I just like, I like the fact that they were talking. I didn't really care what they were talking about. Except I love that Gertrude was the lady Simon. Love of Simon, whose prayer card was Cal's, who gave to Jack, yeah. who gave to Javi. And it was Jewish. And yeah. she was a Jewess. Yeah, this author loved connections. Oh my God, wait, that's a point that I did not connect. I literally saw the name Simon and I was like, wait, are she like mocking the situation? I did not make that Mm. connection. Thank you, ladies. So, so cute. I liked that. Uh, Okay, next question. My husband is 15 years older than me and I felt so many correlations between being in in a relationship with someone and someone with a short string. A lot of the fears and feelings discussed in the book were the same fears I had to work through with my relationship because he will likely go before me. It may sound silly and I recognize it is different, but can you see a connection here? Do you think it was intentional by the author? That's so interesting because that never occurred to me, but it's just about like where you're at in your life and just like what you're thinking about. That's how you interpret the book. I actually had someone write a really sweet email about how she read this book like the same week her friend was diagnosed with something terminal and that she was so grateful to have this book it's just like to kind of pull her out of it and like remind her um just like what life is about so I feel like wherever you're at is like how you kind of see, read this book yeah. yeah I love that this personal anecdote like colored her whole reading of the novel because I do feel like it was so personal yeah and I never thought of it like that but I guess everybody like takes away something different from from the book and, and also because all the characters are so different Yes. Would you enter into a relationship with someone with a short string? Have children with them? What if you were already together when the boxes came? When you're already, if you're already together, yes. Mm -hmm. And then be a fucking bitch like Claire. Yeah. And then to get (laughs) into one. Well, how much time are we talking? You know? Yeah. That's, I think that's my answer. Like if it's been, it's 14 years. Honestly, it's hard enough to find someone. If I find someone and they have a short string, I'm fucking in. Like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you can. I can't get specific now. Yeah, no. <laughs> it is such a crazy concept, though. It's such a hard question. If you're like, wow, like in six years, let's say, like eight, nine years, like that's a long time. But like being a widow with like young, young kids, it's a lot to. It's a lot, but you know around. what? Like God will make up for it in other ways. Like you just have to trust the process. Yeah, but that's I know, but what, I also that's what like not ever having a string is about trusting the process. So people yeah. d- aren't able to trust the process because they know too much. Now. Yeah, you have to trust the timing of your life, but you can't do that if you know the timing I of your life. I would not. 
I would not leave someone I was already with. I don't know if I'd get into a relationship with someone who had less than seven years. Yeah. I also don't think that, like, there's only one person for one person. You know, like, I think that there are many fish in the sea. Mm-hmm. And, like, if it wasn't this person, then I would find someone else and I would be okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree with, with that. that. But I think if you're in a relationship and they have a super short string, like, you love them and you want to, you're not going to leave when the going gets tough. Like, you're not a fucking asshole. And, um, if they have, like, a Ben size string, like, okay, then, then we shall. Like, I liked what Amy and Ben did. They planned. They did the will. He set up the trusts. Like, in that way, the strings were a blessing because they weren't blindsided by this, and they lost both their parents. So they Mm would have been really, really in a bad place if they never had the strings. So weirdly, the strings are good. They're good and evil. It was tough. Tough. Agreed. Okay, next question. Do you think the trade between Javier and Jack was right? Yeah. 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 Love that for them. Totally. Do you think Amy would have married Ben knowing the length of her own string? Of course. It would have showed that they literally should get together. There should be an app that measures strings for you and puts you with people. <laughs> but I don't <laughs> know if they would have had kids. Would she have had kids? No, they wouldn't. Okay, so Snitch, thank you for saying that because last night I was FaceTiming with oh my Snitch. God. She was at 85%. I can't believe we haven't spoken about this. I know. Okay, Vex, she was at 85% of the book and. She told me that at the beginning of the call. Then later in the call, we just came back to talking about the book and she said, would you open your box? And I said, no. I said, if Amy had opened her box, they wouldn't have had two kids. And she literally (laughs) didn't know they got together, they had kids, or that Amy had a short string in there. I'm dead. But I would have loved to know what my reaction would have been had I read it normally. (laughs) Snitch, I'm sad for you. I was robbed. Again, you were robbed. So I'm really, really sorry. I just got carried away. And that's all I could keep thinking about. I was so grateful she didn't open her box because they wouldn't have had kids. Yeah. Yeah, because that would have been really intense to like have children knowing you were about to I don't think any, I actually don't think any of us would have chosen to have kids to leave them without parents. Like that is a horrible decision to make. What if you had a sister like Nina? Who, but you couldn't. Who's also with a sh- married to a short stringer, and, and is you can't be like ask her, own. who also didn't really want kids at all. So it's like, what you're gonna now ask? And like, it all ended up working out in the way that it did. But like, to ask her to do that, and like, it, that yeah. is that's so much. Yeah, everyone like steps up when they need to, but it's not something that like you volunteer for, and that if you know about that, you enter into. So it's for the best that she didn't know. Which again, in that situation, strings are evil, but they allowed Ben to plan. Strings are good. next the plot echoed the covid pandemic pretty heavily with the timeline the rules put in place the divisions in society how do you think the story would have been written differently if the author had written it before the pandemic here's someone who had the pandemic parallel i can't believe more more people didn't like yeah i think some people did but i didn't want to put like all the questions the same Mm -hmm. you know but so we i feel we touched on the pandemic so i think that on the one hand it's like she really mirrored so many of the things that happened even down to like the army being the first one to be like barring entry from the workforce um all of these things and on the one hand like it's very close to what happened in the last few years on the other hand like it just mirrors human behavior throughout history like people don't change that's why history repeats itself it's like we look at things that happened a hundred years ago 200 years ago they were like they were so evil and it's like the same thing could happen today and the same amount of people would act 
in an evil manner and the same amount of people would act in a good manner because human nature is the same and like people still act out of fear. So I don't know if she would have written the book without the pandemic as an inspiration, but I don't think that like the last few years were the only time in history that could point to a reaction like this. And I think also it, it makes you like, you know, ba- I feel like, well, most people, they look back at history, they're like, well, I would never have done that. I would have been one of the good ones. And like, it just, the last years, maybe you reassess, maybe you would have let your fear get the best of you. Yeah, I don't know how this book would have taken shape without the pandemic as like the foreground for her to think about these things. A bare minimum. I want to. I want to see if she's done any interviews or anything, and like if she talks about, yeah, the pandemic and whether or not like how how heavily it influences books. It obviously March boxes yeah. influenced the book. Okay, last question: What do you think the boxes inscription, the measure of your life, lies within, really means? Great last question. I- I know that the book is trying to be deep with this, but I actually just took it literally. It's like this <laughs> is too. measuring how many. I years couldn't. You have I to couldn't live. agree more. It's so <laughs> literal. Like the measure of your life lies within. <laughs> and actually, yeah. no. I I would have liked to see you know a more metaphysical meaning for it, but like no, because nothing about the string shows the quality of your life. Maybe if the strings were all different colors, and if you had a red string, you lived a bad, evil life, and it could have been ombre all the way up to like a green, good string. So it didn't even measure the quality of your life, just the quantity. <laughs> yeah, like totally. the actual string only measured the quantity. You can then choose how to live your life qualitatively from it, but I don't think you can say the box itself had held any deeper meaning. Honestly, straight facts. Straight facts. Okay, now it is time for the moral of the story. There are so So many. So many. My personal moral is ignorance is bliss. I have two. Mm. Trust the timing of your life. Okay. Second, quality over quantity. Shit counts. Nice snitch. Vex. I totally agree. Ignorance is bliss and let the cards fall as let they Let the may. chips fall where they may. Oh, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Chips? Yeah. Chips. Okay. Let the chips fall. <laughs> Gorgeous. Dana. Man plans. God laughs. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> totally. Except this book felt a little like God planning. God planned and man laughed. Yeah, God plans. God plans. Man cries. Okay. Those are all it. We are skipping the Hollywood treatment for this book because there's too many characters. This episode is too long. I wanted to do more questions than character uh, treatments. And I didn't really have anyone in mind. Me neither. The whole time I was reading, I didn't feel like itching to share casting choices. So I'm sorry if you were excited for that. But now it is time for our overall rating of this book. And we also have to have a little conversation because I'm really feeling badly that Becky's choice was like kind of ruined by my influence and I think I should claim this one and give you my next book I really don't care we can discuss offline. okay we'll discuss offline okay I so just the next like, book yeah. will be announced on our Instagram no the next book is still no, Dana's still, oh sorry but it would Shit. be like yeah my third like whenever I'm next because I just did Marjorie post like Becky would get mine so she would get four books this year or you know what I mean yes three. yes I'm, I'm following no I'll I'm happy to take ownership of this book because I had other options and I went with it and I liked the concept and I like stood by it. I'm not sure I would have selected it without your influence, but that's, that's life. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Let's. And like, I've, 
I've read books like my selections I've also not loved in the past like it, it it's That's true this is how it happens let the chips fall as they may literally okay so we'll see like we'll see in a few months when it comes time for my choice and I'm like I feel like I just had two picks specs maybe you take this one we'll see where we're at totally um okay let's rate this book Becky as for now it is a Becky's choice I <laughs> gave it a 3.5 nice I, since it's almost a Jackie's choice, gave it a 4.5 because it was like 5e, but not all the way. Crazy. Like deluge. Snitch? I'm struggling because the more we spoke about it, like the more I started to not like it. That just might be because you're sick and this is a really long episode. Oh, that's true. All right. I'll stick with my ridge of four. Yeah. Is that like what you gave it on Goodreads when you finished? Yes. Yeah. Dana? 4.1. My God, guys. 4.025. That feels right. That feels right. And let me go to our spreadsheet and tell you where that ranks amongst the other books. The measure is number 14 overall. It is above Codename Helene but below Detransition Baby, and above that is The It Girl, which is, this list is so fucking crazy to me. Wait, by the way, The like, It Girl was so good. Um, I know, but it was, like, kind of forgettable. By the way, yeah. we'll sort this all out in March Madness. Yeah, but also, also by the way, we, where well, was Midnight Library? The, Midnight Library's number five. Okay, good. That feels, that feels good. What's the craziest thing is We Are the Brennans being number 10. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's the, we are the Brennan's conundrum, like plagues us. I know. That's we were just feeling so generous. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, let's finish up the episode with the over other books that we read this month. Snitch, you read anything? Oh my God, I have to tell you about this book that I read. Like, it was seriously so abysmal. Like, it took me, I'm not joking, maybe three weeks to a month to read because I simply couldn't pick it back up because I had read Meant to Be by Emily Giffen and I loved it. And people were like, oh, you should read The One and Only by Emily Giffen. And I was like, great, okay. I'm going to tell you the premise of this book, okay? Essentially, it's about this, like, Friday Night Lights vibes, like this small town in Texas. And there's this girl, her... She loves football, all this stuff. And her best friend, it, her father is the coach of the football team. Okay. And their best friend, she loves football. The daughter doesn't. She's more into fashion. Whatever. 20 years later, the wife of the coach and so her best friend's mom passes away. Very sad, whatever. And the whole premise is like that the, da the daughter's best friend and the coach like fall in love. And it's like you're supposed to be like shipping this couple. And it's like. He's like a 50-year-old man, and you're not saying no. that the age is – but it's just weird. It's like your best friend's dad that he – oh, by the way, she didn't really have a dad, so he was like her father figure who the, she then falls in love with. It was seriously like one of the most batshit books I've ever read. I was like, I can't believe like this is what we've been waiting for. Um, so, yeah, in that regard, like I would give it a 1.5. Damn. Well, wow. in the spirit of bad books, <laughs> I read The Marriage Portrait – by Maggie O'Farrell. It was a Danish choice. She recommended it because she read it and it's like historical royalty. Um, it's about one of the Medici daughters and it was horrible. I gave it two <laughs> stars. Don't read it. Bex? 
I will say <laughs> I didn't love it. It just was a popular book about the royals. So I'm like, this has to be the Super Bowl for Jackie. It was so not. <laughs> no. And I kept reading because I, I, I was like, it's, it's a, in my genre. And Dana recommended it. It has to be literally the best book I ever read. And it was one of the worst. No. Um, so, you want to talk about everybody. pontificating. There were page after page yeah. where there wasn't a paragraph indentation. Snatchler. Page after page where there wasn't a paragraph indentation. It was just huge chunks. No quotes, nothing. Just describing I dream can't. sequences. Fruits. No. no everything. No. Mm. I love a fruit. <laughs> Thanks, Diggy Reed. I read a book called City of Girls, which was also a Dana recommendation. It was so good, you guys. It was giving me hardcore rules of civility energy, yeah. which I love, 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 love. I am going to read so, that. So, Jax, you should put it on your I list. I know, you told me. You would love it, I'm Jackie. Okay. It's so up your Dana, alley. Dana, you're on probation, but since Rebecca <laughs> no, recommended. this one will redeem it. You would love, love, love this book. It's rules okay, of civility, this is, but like this can be a this can be a, no, I don't think it's better than rules of civility, but um, it can be a Bex recommendation. Yeah. Okay, cool. You're going to like it. Adding it to my list. I only read two books this cycle. Um, the first was Recursion by Blake Crouch. I gave it a 4.4. I thought it was great. He's the author that wrote, wrote Dark Matter that I can't praise enough. I loved that one. So I read the other one by him, and it was not as good, but still good. And then I read The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chan. Was not a fan. Gave it a 2.5. Not interested. Don't read it. Blech. I saw that one around the interwebs and same so I was yeah. willing to give it a chance I'm here to do the hard work for you don't do it great okay it sounds like it was kind of a bust for all of us yeah. except for city of girls but then the measure was a bust for you so it was a busty month for all of us and maybe that's also what happened is like I came off of city of girls and like then it was a bust you know yeah it's all that about happens. where you're at I came off a of marriage portrait so anything was going to be really exciting <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, okay. Well, that's a wrap on our March episode, our Becky's Sasha choice. And now next month is a Dana's choice. Dana, what are we reading? I'm taking a major detour from my usual literary fiction. This could not be less of a me book, but I wanted to spice it up and I just wanted to like go a little rogue and see what happens. I am picking Big Swiss by Jen Began. That's all I'll tell you. You'll have to read it to learn more. I read the first few lines of the description and it was definitely shocking. Am I um, going to be okay? Yeah, it's supposed to be I sexy. I think you'll like it. Smith. I think oh! it's sexy and it's weird. People are comparing it to My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshfeg, which Dana and I both read and we really liked. I'm down for weird. Just your last April's choice was Our Country Friends. So. Oh, God. No. Oh, last April. I was like, that couldn't be my last. We're bit. coming, kind of coming into this month with a little bit of trauma. So. Trauma. Sure. Well, if we're going to have another bad book, at least I'm like on cycle. You and know? you know what? We're kind of due for one. We've been really, really solid. <laughs> yeah. What was the last bad book? Like literally not since um, All Roads Lead Here or whatever. Oh, <laughs> I like that book. Like we've kind of been on a streak. Yeah, we actually have been. So. I'm willing. I'm ready for to, a I'm willing shit to risk book. it. Yeah, <laughs> these episodes have been ready for too harmonious. Honestly, you guys, this these episodes recently, like, the I've contrarian. been in the center. The contrarian, like I'm not. Our well. reviews are going to change from hating me to hating you. <laughs> I don't know, Snitch. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they love to hate you. That's so true. 
Okay, well, thank you guys so much. I'm sorry this episode was so long, but there was so, so much to discuss. We will see you on the next one. Thank you for being a redhead. Follow us at the Redhead 70. Join the 70,000 others who are just loving our content. Did someone say 70,000? It was an act of God. Love ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Love ya. Bye.